Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Usually I have something to say at the start of these episodes, but I don't this time because nothing interesting has happened except obviously starting school, which is not that interesting. But I'm enjoying my classes so far. They're just the typical psych classes, but these ones feel like more content heavy and it's just not what I expected. And I was making a joke to a friend and I was like, I just feel like I'm writing five to six pages of notes for lecture. And then after my lecture today, I went and I sat down and I was reviewing my notes like I usually do. And there was literally five pages. And I was like, I should have never made that joke because I just spoke it into existence. But anyways, today's topic, I had it kind of on like on the back burner. Is that the term people use? It sounds weird. I had it on the back burner for a while, but I never really had a reason to speak on it until recently because it just really aligns with my life. And I was like, I might as well speak on it because why would I hold it off at such a perfect time? So essentially today, what we're talking about is self-love, self-growth, and especially setting these goals prior to Ramadan and Ramadan prep. So becoming that girl and internalizing the life you want and working towards every one of those goals. So girls, ladies, and the 13% of guys who are listening to this, every time like my male listeners go up, I'm like, okay, I love the support. But I was like, are they like, are they even fascinated by what I'm saying? Because I feel like I'm speaking to women when I speak, like just the way I speak is just directed at women. Anyways, assalamu alaikum, everyone, everyone's welcome. So I'm telling you that this year you're going to have to be selfish if you want self-growth and you will cater to your own growth despite what anyone says. And I think we always fear this idea of selfishness because it has such a negative connotation to it like you're selfish, you don't really care about others, and you have no regard for people around you. But that's really not the case all the time, right? Like it's not really always against selflessness. It's not, they don't always work against each other, right? So this year, you'll cater to your own growth, despite what anyone says. And in moments where you have to choose between pleasing others in such stupid ways, or your own health and growth and happiness, you will choose yourself. Starting today, because sometimes we don't realize it, but we're constantly catering to other people at our own expense, which is fine sometimes. Like if somebody says, hey, can you go grab me that cup and you're in the middle of a video game and you get up and grab the cup? Yeah, it kind of interrupts your game, but that's not what I mean in this sense. I mean, if you're going through a lot, but you're always catering to the same people who disregard your feelings, you're going to stop. Like if you have to cut off all the moments you have for yourself just to go cater to others, and it's a constant thing that's always happening, with the same group of people, that has to stop. Thing is, I think a lot of us fear with self-growth is that people will judge us, and they will, like 100%, even your friends. And the thing with that is, so what? Like, they're just, they're going to judge you. In Khadas, we've acknowledged that people are judgmental. Like, I've said this in my other episodes, I think in every single episode, multiple times, that people are judgmental. And if we have not yet acknowledged that, we're doing it right now. And they'll say, why aren't you dressing the way you used to dress? Why aren't you hanging with the group anymore? You don't come and chill and gossip with us at that spot anymore. Why have you been in the masjid every day? It's not even Juma. You're doing too much and you think you're better. You think you're better is like such a common phrase when somebody's trying to become a better person and then the people around them don't really accept that change. So they start to push that whole, you think you're being better to make them feel bad about themselves. Nobody wants to be told they're arrogant or they're cocky. So you don't want to hear somebody say, oh, you think you're better than us, but they're going to say it. And what I'm telling you to do is block them out. Like put on your imaginary noise canceling headphones, 
I'm not about to turn this into an ad, but the ones I have are the best. Put on your imaginary noise-canceling headphones or your real ones and keep walking because those people will find their time to grow. But your time is now and you're not pushing your growth any longer. You're not putting it aside for these people any longer. And now I'm not saying cut them off. I'm not going to be that person to advise you to cut people off. I'm saying block them out. Learn how to hear things without internalizing or believing things. If you internalize everything you hear and believe everything you hear and everything that is said to you like a sponge, you will soak up this world's negativity and sink faster than you expect. So I'm telling you to block them out. You know those mornings when you wake up and the birds are just getting on your nerves? So you go out and shut your window. Normally the birds aren't an issue, but just this one morning, once in a while, when they're just getting on your nerves. So you get up and shut your window and you go back to bed. I'm telling you in this situation, shut your window now and block them out. Otherwise, you will become stuck in a position where you take a few steps forward and even more backwards because she said and he said and they said. And we don't even care what they say because we don't even know them like that. You know, at the end of the day, you can go on tomorrow without knowing these people and what they said. And it just won't even matter. I know as Muslims, we don't celebrate New Year's. So I have this silly concept that I keep in mind. Actually, I'm saying silly. I say silly to everything, but it's not really silly. You know how there's that whole idea of New Year, New Me? They bear with me. I didn't come up with a cute little name for my even cuter idea because I wasn't thinking of names. But hear me out. Instead of New Year, New Me, we as Muslims take a few months before Ramadan we reflect and start to work towards who we want to be by Ramadan. So instead of waiting for Ramadan and like the night before, you're like listening to that last song and then you cut it off the night before, you're like, okay, now I'll delete Spotify. Don't delete Spotify, my podcast is on here. Unless, you know, unless it's tempting to listen to music, delete it. Waiting for the night before Ramadan to cut something off or waiting for the night before Ramadan to cut off that haram relationship, don't do that. You need to work towards who you want to be during Ramadan now, and then how we will maintain that character afterwards. The biggest thing that leaves most of us feeling like we failed that year is reverting to who we were before Ramadan due to a lack of motivation or whatever it may be. So like the second Eid hits, I know this was me when I was younger and I used to listen to music, is the second that, like, you know, it was that one week mark before Eid, I'd be like, oh my God, I know this person just dropped an album. Once it's Eid, I'm going to listen to it. And it's like, what was the whole point of cutting it off in the first place for Ramadan if my intention was to just start again, right? That's not growth. You know, may Allah reward us for the sacrifice we did make during Ramadan. But you have to remember how important consistency is, right? What was the point? I'm going to be honest. I'm not saying don't cut it off if you plan to start again. I'm just saying if your intention was to just start again, it was just, it was so stupid. I'm going to be honest, it's so stupid. And A lot of us just struggle with consistency because in our head we say we can't do it. So the idea that you can't do it or you're not strong enough, first of all, seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan and his whispers and clear your mind because that's the person who's fooling you. You can do it because you did do it. You did it for 30 days and you're able to uphold that character for 30 days and that's one twelfth of the year and that's a lot and that's a good reason to keep trying. So the reason why many of us struggle to be consistent after Ramadan is the lack of motivation and this idea that we can't do it. When you can, you just prove that you can. So basically, as Ramadan starts to creep around the corner, you get working. So by the time that Ramadan actually comes, you're not scrambling to cut off sins and you're scrambling to 
perfect your salah. It's to the point where you've already perfected your salah and you've already cut off that sin. And now you're just reinforcing that mindset during Ramadan and becoming closer to Allah even more during Ramadan. So this year, I've made a list of goals that, alhamdulillah, I've already been working towards. It wasn't really this year, actually. It was late last year, so maybe October or November. And I've already been consistent working towards and trying to make them even more consistent. And I'll share those and the idea behind them, although I definitely won't get to all of them. But the whole purpose today is self-growth. And it's an open topic, but I'm focusing more on us girlies and Muslim women. But if you don't fit that group, tune in anyways, because why not? It's not going to hurt you. So the idea that I have to give up so much in this dunya just for my akhirah, like I can never be happy, is not true. You definitely can, and you will work towards that starting today. So I mentioned self-love, and this is a concept I struggled with for a very long time. And it's definitely something I've only began to figure out now. And my question to you is, what type of love do you crave? So when you're looking for friends or for marriage for some of you, what is it that you are expecting from this person? If it's something you haven't given to yourself to your fullest, then you need to pause and slow down. Because waiting for somebody or something even, because for me, it's academic validation. Like the second that I do bad in school, it's my emotions just drop. And I go into like this dark space because I rely so much on my academics to make me happy. So you really need to think about, are you just trying to fill a void when you're seeking friends or you're seeking this external source of happiness, right? Or are you already happy and you're just looking for something to maybe add to that happiness? I had to rely on my friends and my grades for my happiness. And if any one of those fail, trust me, we're about to see something crazy because I would go crazy. I just, it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. So the idea that happiness is entirely external needs to be thrown out. If you cannot provide yourself with the happiness, the care, and the love that you believe you deserve, finding that in someone or even something else will always be temporary. Because once that love dies out from the external source or reduces, you will crash. Imagine you make a group of friends, right? And this group of friends is constantly hyping you up for your looks. And maybe that's what you're insecure in, right? So when you're seeking friends, you are seeking people who would hype up your looks. They're always complimenting you. But then one day they just kind of stop. And it has nothing to do with you at all, right? It's just, it just, the whole concept dies out. So we just stop complimenting you, right? Then you become sad. And it's because your source of happiness was external. And that's not permanent, right? You never had an internal source of happiness. It was entirely external. And once that source dies out, your happiness dies out. So now what love do you want? It sounds like such a rhetorical question, but it's serious, right? Like I'm asking you directly. And it's such a deeper question and answering it is scary because that means we need to figure out what love we grew up missing out on. So I'm asking you to sit down and think. And when I think of a group of friends or a future spouse, what exactly do I want them to emotionally provide to me? So maybe it's kind words. Maybe you want someone who will celebrate your wins Maybe you want someone who will be kind to you at the height of your faults. But listen, you are that person for you and you need to start being that person for you because one day that external source will run out and you'll come back to the stage of emptiness and seeking something to fill the void. And this sequence will repeat and repeat and repeat. You'll find something to fill the void, then it's gone again. And maybe it's time to consider that Allah may be pushing you towards self-love because he doesn't want you to continue to hurt yourself. He wants you to see why loving yourself is so important 
And that's what pushed me to self-love, is realizing that I wasn't losing things because Allah wanted hurt for me, but because I think he was really pushing me to realize the permanent happiness I wanted would not be found from an external source. So I think every single one of us is worthy of being loved and deserves it. And you need to believe that and start pouring that energy into yourself. Like if you don't truly believe it, you will never give yourself that kind of care and energy and love. And this also goes to those of you who take all the energy you have and pour it into others and leave none for yourself. Now you're drained, but at least everyone around you is good, right? Don't do that. You need to moderate. If you let this habit continue, you'll find that you begin to believe your purpose is to pour into others and that others' lives will fall apart if you do not give up your happiness at their expense. And I'm telling you, this is a selfish year. Okay, so that was my point on self-love. But now, my next point is on understanding who you are beyond a name. So all of these points eventually are going to build up this whole concept of self-growth. Understanding who you are beyond a name. So when I first introduced myself, I think in the se- first episode, I said, I'm Libna, I'm Sudanese, blah, blah, blah. And to you, that's who I am. And that's who you guys know me as. And that's probably who a lot of people know me as. And that's who you introduce yourself as. A name, maybe a nationality. But are you simply a name? And if I asked you to draw out a mind map of everything about yourself, good and ugly, this map would extend pages. It would just go on forever. So what I'm getting at is you're more than a name, but we spend so little time in our own heads that a majority of our lives is spent believing we are our identity, like some ID card, simply a name, nationality, maybe a height. Don't introduce yourself by your height. That's weird. But looking inwards, mindfulness essentially, is scary because then you come across things you didn't really acknowledge about yourself. Maybe you don't really like something, but you do it for the sake of someone else. And you wouldn't notice that until you look inwards and deeper. And then this creates an internal battle with who you really are and how you act on the outside. Essentially, cognitive dissonance for my other psych students. The point isn't to create any dissonance. It's to question, okay, this is who I truly am. Let me look at each aspect and consider, is this a part of me that I want to keep and grow into? Or is it something I want to make better? And all the things that are great, am I willing to put an effort to make them better? Keep in mind, this doesn't mean all the uglies have to go. Keep them. They're part of you. You're made up of flaws and beauties. And those together are who you are. But if those uglies hinder your growth or prevent you from who you're trying to be, that's when you cut them off, right? Okay, judge yourself, but don't be judgmental. So I'm essentially saying, look inwards, think, look critically, look critically, think critically, Don't be judgmental. Don't be mean to yourself, but don't be passive or lenient if you want to grow. So if I look inwards and I realize, okay, Libna, sometimes you talk over people. If I were to be judgmental, I would say, okay, why are you so rude? Like nobody likes you for this reason. You should stop hanging out around these people because they won't respect you. And you're being disrespectful. You're disrespecting everybody. You don't deserve these friends. You're a bad person. You're the type of person nobody wants to be around. That's me being judgmental. But for me to think critically, Instead, I would say, okay, Lubna, sometimes you talk over people. We both know that's not okay. Here's what we can do to change that, right? Figure out why you do that. So why do I talk over people? Maybe I just have so much on my mind and I'm scared I might forget it, right? So something I can do is obvious. The obvious is wait my turn, but now you need to figure out the solution to these things. 
your fear of self-growth is most likely stemming from a fear of losing the person you've always known and the person you've always identified with. Now, the judgment you face also carries a similar fear. People don't want to lose the you that they already know. They don't want to see a shift in their reality when it's beyond their control, so they judge and glare in hopes that it will scare you out of changing their reality. Essentially, as much as you're scared to grow, others are scared to see you grow. So what if you decide to stop your journey of self-growth because of what they say? In five years down the line, when you could have been the person you always dreamed of, you're back to square one, and those people aren't even around anymore. They're all living their own lives. You know, they probably grew up, they're probably doing better, but you were too hung up on what they were saying that you hindered your own self-growth for their sake. What I'm saying is stop trying to sacrifice your happiness, your self-growth, especially at such a perfect age, for the temporary satisfaction of even more temporary people. And I keep saying that late teens, like I'm saying I keep saying, but I'm thinking of what I keep saying in real life. So this is what I always say, is that late teens to your 20s, early, late, whatever, is like the perfect time to just hyper-focus on yourself and take all that energy you have and begin building the person you want to become. For many of us, this is a stage where we're building our careers, working towards dreams that may come true in a few years, and realizing we have to grow. But this isn't to say it's ever too late either. So every single year should hold a new set of goals for you and yourself. There is no such thing as passing that age, like, you know, passing that great age. First of all, we're going to pass every age. That's just kind of how aging works. But, you know, there really isn't a perfect age. I'm just saying at a time where there's so much going on in our lives and so much that will affect our futures, it's a perfect time to look into this. We're often as critical of ourselves as we are used to others being towards us. So then we decide that that's just how we should be towards ourselves because that's how others are towards us. If others constantly judge you harshly, you're going to judge yourself harshly. If others are always lenient towards you, you're going to be too lenient towards yourself as well, right? So the way we judge ourselves should not be the way others judge us. Don't be critical. Like, don't be mean to yourself. Why would you do that? Like, you got to love you. Like, you can't be mean to yourself. You're going to, like, how are you going to be the person to hurt you? When I say you need to judge yourself, I mean from the perspective of, this is who I am, but is this who I want to be tomorrow? And if the answer is no, your next response shouldn't be, I'm awful, I failed, I'm never getting anywhere in life, like, this is just it, I'm done. First of all, breathe, just relax. What you should think is, Alhamdulillah, so Allah has given me today, and may he grant me tomorrow, and here's my plan to get better, and if I have moments of weakness, that's fine. We'll try again and again and again. And I'm going to keep telling you to try again. So the fear of pointing out our little uglies is what blocks our growth. Even though we add more positives to our lives, we always allow the uglies to grow until they just stick around in the shadows and they will come out. And we were talking about this in one of my psych classes that the things we struggled with, if we decide to push them back, they'll always find their way to manifest one way or another. And I just think that's so true. Like they'll manifest so far down the line, you can't even figure out where they stem from. So what are you scared of? And that question sounded rhetorical, but really think what you're scared of, because it's not rhetorical, except that you can't answer it for me to hear. Um, so really think of what you're scared of when it comes to changing who you are for the better. And when I put it that way, it's like, okay, I'm benefiting off of this. So what is there to be scared of? And that's exactly my point. You know, like there's really nothing to be scared of. Now, my next point is comparison. And this is going to be your biggest enemy, 
It's the one thing that will take your self-growth and self-love and quite literally spit on it. This seems pretty straightforward until you start realizing there's a good chance you're engaging in self-comparison on a subconscious level. The second you start to look outwards all the time and wish you had what he had or what she had, you'll forget everything that you have, no matter how great it is. And let me tell you, that is a disease. Sickness. It is mad. Okay. Honestly, I used to do this all the time. And I still sometimes do. Like, I'll drive my car. But if I see somebody drive by in an Audi A4, I'm going to go crazy. And I'll completely forget, like, you know, how grateful I am for the car that I have. Or how blessed I am to even have a car. I'll completely forget that. And I'll just be like, oh, if I had that car. If I had that car. And that's my mindset. I just drive by that person. I'm like, if I had that car. And I'm not even thinking it in the moment. You know, it's on a subconscious level. I drive by and I'm like, my dream car. And it's become such a habit that I don't even process what I'm saying. But then I go home, park my car. And I'm not even like, I just don't feel that love for it anymore. And I'm not saying you need to be attached to your car. I'm just saying... I slowly lose the gratefulness I had for it because somebody drove by an Audi A4. You get what I'm saying? So I'm saying it's to the point where we do this without noticing it. You might not even think about, oh, I wish I had that too. But then one day you'll find yourself looking at the things you have sideways and you can't even figure out why. Like one day you'll just be like, oh, that jacket's not as cute as I thought. And it's a cute jacket, but it's just because you saw another girl walking in a different jacket that was cuter and you just loved hers more. So you need to learn to appreciate the blessings in your life and learn to understand why we aren't all equal in what we have. And if you keep comparing yourself to others, you'll literally start to lose yourself because you keep making changes in your life to become someone you aren't meant to be just to feel better about not being that person you keep comparing yourself to. So I'm going to keep changing myself so I can be like Becky down the street just so I can feel better about not being Becky down the street, you know? So I just want to feel better about not being her because she's her and I wish I was her. So I'm going to keep changing myself until I'm at least, you know, something I'm happier with, but you will never be happy because that change will continue. You can never be that person, that person you keep putting on a pedestal. The more you try to be like them, the higher you put them. You're never going to reach that heights if you keep raising it. This is one of the main reasons I stopped following influencers and celebrities, because let's be real, the lies on social media is one thing. But add that with celebrities and influencers and you have the most unrealistic, unachievable, out of reach and expensive expectations. So stop it. Like they're not the people that we're going to become. I'm going to be honest. Majority of us are regular people. Being regular people is fine because if I get up out of bed and I decide, okay, I want to go quickly grab some coffee and I don't want to change out of my prayer jilbab and I just run out the house and there's paparazzi with cameras outside. I'll be fuming because what do you mean you're outside my door like that? No, no, these are not people we want to be. We're going to change the world without doing all that. So you begin trying to measure up to others as if they would care because reality is they don't like the way I'm looking at Becky down the street. Becky down the street's not a real person, by the way, the way I'm looking at Becky down the street. Becky just sees me as just, you know, that's that's my friend. But I'm looking at Becky and I'm like, oh, I wish I had her hair. Oh my God, I wish I had her clothes. And she doesn't even see me in that way. She just sees me the same level as her. So spend more time blocking the outside world out and being mindful. Otherwise, you'll never be proud of your growth. And spend time in your own mind to understand what it is you want without the influence of others. So had the world been empty, nobody else around, I'm telling you, just you. Okay, it's just you. In the Quran and Islam, 
had nobody else been around, who would you want to be? And who would you aim to be? And what would your goal be? I was going to go into Islamic growth, but I wrote so much for this podcast. And I feel like, no, we're going to go into it. Yeah. So now we're at the Islamic growth section of this. And I feel like with self-growth, you have to add Islam to it. Like there's no way as Muslims, you're going to have self-growth without increasing your iman. Like you just have to have both. They feed into each other and it's literally a loop and it's a great loop. So personal growth is a big thing and it's really important. But as Muslims, we need to make sure our iman is growing along with us. Let's just say we've taken care of our akhlaq and the personal growth. And now our iman, our connection with the Quran, relationship with Allah, taking care of all of that and incorporating it into your growth is your success. And I know lots of us keep saying, I'll do this for now and I'll change tomorrow. But I'm saying enough of that mindset. Like khalas, that mindset is killing your iman and your ability to reach your full potential. Like who said you have tomorrow? I'll keep repeating this because it's true and we really don't acknowledge it enough. We aren't promised the rest of today, let alone tomorrow. So drop that I'll change tomorrow mindset. So now your journey to begin becoming that Muslim you've always dreamed of starts today, like this second, and we're going to figure out where to begin. And I hate the word manifest, so I keep using internalize because that's what we'll do. You'll wake up, you'll decide what you want, and you really put it into your heart and you'll work towards it. Now the question is, where do we start with our Islamic growth? The same way we did with personal growth. We make a list, a literal physical list. I don't care if it's in your notes or in your notebook or on a napkin that you'll keep, but make sure it's a list and you're keeping it. Because the second it's gone, like that out of sight, out of mind thing is so true. Because I have to keep referring back to my list. So think of the type of Muslims you look up to and why. Why do you keep looking up to them and how will you follow their example? I know a lot of us have our favorite da'i in mind or our favorite sheikh, which is great. But also keep in mind, every single one of them is most likely looking back to the Prophet ﷺ as an example and a role model. And that's what we should also do. I'm not saying that should be like, I'm not saying like don't have role models who are alive today. I'm saying we're all aiming to be like the Prophet ﷺ. So here are my list of my tips. First thing is adhkar. And I can't emphasize enough the importance of the remembrance of Allah. Like I really can't. Lots of us say our adhkar after each prayer and call it a day, which is good. But again, let's aim for higher and be humble and realize the space for growth is always increasing. So the Adhkar app is what I use just in the morning, the evening and the night. And I ran into it through a YouTuber who I love, by the way. And I just realized, yeah, I did my Adhkar. Like sometimes I'd just be walking and I'd just be, you know, mumbling it to myself. But it was never consistent because I never had this constant reminder. And now this reminder is like I'm always getting notifications like, hey, morning Adhkar, evening Adhkar, night Adhkar. And it's just even just randomly throughout the day. And I just really love it. So if you're looking for something that actually keep you consistent, consider the app. And through Adhkar, I just find that your heart will find peace. And sometimes our days are so hectic. Some of us are students. Some of us are parents. Some of us are working. The only moments we get to breathe and ground ourselves is during prayer. So don't rush it. You know, a few years ago, I saw this quote about not rushing prayers because at the end of the day, Allah has control over time. And since then, I've been scared, like actually scared to rush my prayers. Because why am I rushing to go and do this thing if at the end of the day, Allah controls time? So what is this dunya without the remembrance of Allah? Nothing. It's literally nothing. And you may get everything you want, but at the end of the day, the end end, like the end of all days, you've gotten nothing 
but a scale that's off balance. So if you forget Allah and you still get everything in this dunya, I don't know if you want that off balance scale. So we're going to channel some balance here. It's not really deen over dunya. I know we say that a lot, but think about it. If you put your deen over dunya, right, that means you put zero energy into anything in this life, which is also not what we are advised of, right? So it's not deen over dunya, but it's incorporating your deen into everything you do in this dunya. So Allah's blessing is in everything you do. And that's just how I see it. This is not an Islamic ruling. If you take it as Islamic ruling, it's on you. So taking five minutes out of the hours we have free in a day to remember Allah. I'm not saying five minutes total. I'm saying if you have an hour, take five minutes out of it. Taking five minutes to remember Allah will truly change your life. And we see it as such a small deed, but many of us don't take that time out of our day to make it a habit and make it a habit before Ramadan. My next thing is the masjid. And I'm saying make it your second home. And most of us only see its doors on Friday and we've become strangers to the masjid like don't be among those people. Those people are just strangers to the masjid. And when they go, they feel so like, like they feel so odd, so strange, right? And I won't make myself sound perfect because I only started making the masjid a daily journey a few months ago. But I went from never seeing the masjid as much as an obligation to feeling upset every time I skip going there for one day. I remember this one day, the weather was so bad. And had I drove to the masjid, like it just would have never been safe at all. But I was just so upset that I didn't make it. And I just see a difference in my prayer when I'm praying jama'ah at the masjid compared to when I'm praying alone or even just jama'ah at home. Like oftentimes when we pray alone, we rush or we don't fully focus. But guys, the masjid, especially in the evening when it's so quiet, is the most peaceful place. Like my mind just locks into the prayer entirely. I don't want to walk away without praying my sunnah. Like I just can't leave. And I always see the same five women there every day and it's just, it's just amazing, you know. I even watched two ladies who both just moved to the country befriend each other. And by the next week, they were talking again. And the next week, they were sharing food. And the next week, they were telling personal stories. And now they're just friends. And every time I'm at the masjid, they're together. And subhanAllah, like, look what Allah provides us from places we don't expect, right? Nobody goes to the masjid expecting, I'm going to come out with a best friend. But it just happens. Like, these things just happen. So I've put it in my mind to pray at the masjid at least one prayer a day because in reality the one masjid that I like or I'm comfortable going to is not close to my house so you know just do what you're capable of doing my next thing is Quran I cannot emphasize enough do not go a day without reading the Quran even if it's just five ayahs do not skip it like I'm telling you now don't do it Mm -mm. make it a habit starting now literally now go pick up the Quran and recite a few ayahs and what I found is when I started trying to read the Quran every day, I'd push my limit. I'd read more than I could without getting tired. So then I'd be building up fatigue and getting exhausted because I was doing more than I could handle. And I don't know how to explain it in an appropriate way, but it's like ego lifting. You know, those fools who go to the gym and they know they can't even pick their clothes up off the ground, but they go add multiple plates to the bar and then try to bench it. Then they fail and like almost kill themselves or they can only handle a few reps. Yeah, don't be like them, please. Don't be that person who pushes their limit, knowing it's what they can't handle, then they get frustrated and quit. So I vented my frustration to a friend and their advice is literally what I'm telling you guys. So I'm using that friend's advice and we're excited, I'll give them credit. Essentially, I was struggling to memorize a surah because I push myself to memorize lots at a time. Like I have this thing in my head where I cannot accept memorizing one ayah because I feel 
Like, you know, like I downplayed myself. Like I can do better. Like, why would you memorize just one ayah? And then I get frustrated when I struggle in one spot. So I push myself to memorize a whole page. And then if I struggle in just one ayah, I get so frustrated and I give up. So this person said to benefit off of small chunks, just benefit off of the concept of learning the Quran, you know, read small chunks, learn the translation, and then be proud of that small achievement. And what I took from this is that the Quran is there for us to learn from and benefit from. Yes, I speak Arabi, but the words of the Quran are deeper than my conversational dialect. So read what you can handle, maybe a few ayahs, but then go learn what they mean. Don't take away from the experience of learning what it means. And maybe it's a simple translation or maybe it's a tafsir, but take that meaning and internalize it and apply it to your life before reading or learning more. Start by living by the teachings of the Quran and then you can build up. Then you could add more, but don't force yourself to learn two pages and then be shocked when you're like fatigued and frustrated. So imagine five ayahs a day today and it becomes a page a day later and then someday a few surahs and then maybe even some days you'll do a juzah a day, inshallah. But start small, be consistent, and then build up. There's actually so much more I can list off, especially in setting Islamic goals. But if you've gotten this far, I hope you picked up the whole point of this ramble. So take control of this point in your life starting today and work towards being unrecognizable by the time Ramadan comes around. And don't worry what people say. I'm going to use the rebellious child line that immigrant parents hate. But the reality is it's your life. And at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to be living in it. So pleasing people now will only lead you to regret the outcome of your life later. And what I'm telling you is we do not care what they think or say because they won't be living your life. So when Ramadan is here, it won't be as hard for you to read the Quran every day because you've been working on it for months. And praying Sunnah won't be as hard because you've been working on it for months. In a few weeks from now, or months from now, or even years, when Allah brings you those great friends into your life, or that other half, you won't be looking to fill a void because you found self-love. Rather, those people will enter your life and add to your happiness, and you'll add to theirs. Self-love and Islamic growth, they both work hand-in-hand to form our self-growth. And if you focus all on self-love and ignore the deen aspect, how much have you really grown? So we need to create a balance, work on all these areas, but in small bits. Don't say you want to improve everything at once, but rather put effort into a bit of your goals each day. Cut out your bad habits, but don't overexhaust yourself with forcing the addition of new habits. So we keep seeing people who we want to be like, work towards it, and then become even more than them. Stop limiting yourself, and don't be someone who just sits around and wishes when Allah has granted you another day to actually get up and do. Now, like I always say, it's difficult and you'll get exhausted. And if you have to remind yourself of the end goal every day, then do that. And some days won't be as productive as others. But if you see this as an end point, you won't get anywhere. So be optimistic. And that one bad day is actually a learning opportunity. And I feel like I'm, I'm talking like I have my life together. But trust me, we're in the same boat and we're all ambitious and have so much potential. So take your ambitions and channel that potential and create that person you've always wanted to be. In a few months from now, you'll look back and realize you are a completely different person and you're capable of achieving your dreams. Okay, guys, now throughout this whole process, like the previous episode, you're going to have tawakkul and sabur and it will all work out, inshallah. Okay, that's it. We're at the end. I actually hate the end because if I had the chance, I wouldn't shut up. And I lose... This talk was like much longer than the other ones, but inshallah, you've gotten this far. 
So may Allah bring us closer to him and grant us the opportunity to make it to this Ramadan in great health and fast with pure intentions. And may he allow us to grow into individuals who earn Jannah and into individuals who will bring ease and peace into the lives of others. Ameen. Jazakumullah khairan again for chatting like always. And wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.